Hi, my name's Amanda Trout and welcome to Reality Arts Podcast. Each week I will bring you a different insight and inspiration about art, creativity and arts in health. Join me as we step out of our comfort zones, unwrap those hidden gems and move forward in our creative purpose. You're listening to Reality Arts, helping you to increase your creativity and unlock your hidden talents. Well, hello and welcome to Arts and Wellness Wednesdays. It's your host, Amanda, and I am so glad that you have joined me here today. Right, so... Right, so last week I um, went into some detail about myself and talked about the kind of work that I did with the arts and health over a, over a period of years. So I condensed in an hour, um, say, 25 years worth of work. And I hope that you were able to come away with um, an idea of some of the things that I've been doing. And it's it's been a journey. And... Um, It's been an interesting journey and one that if you had told me 20 odd years ago that this is what I would be doing or the things that I would have done, I would have just said, no, there's no way. Um, But I, I guess what I wanted to do with my art was I felt that, you know, yes, everybody wants to, well, I can't speak for everybody, but you want to go through the process of being able to have your work in galleries and be represented and sell your work and you know um, such forth and um, I think what I found is 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 that when you reached those milestones you thought well now what okay so I haven't been represented by an agent but I'll never say never but um, I've been showing in a variety of galleries and it was just like wow you know it was very different from how I imagined it to be and a lot has changed over the years in terms of and you're gonna have to excuse he always seems to start to find something to bark at when I'm actually you know doing a show and um, anyway so I yeah I wanted I wanted the art. I felt that art for me had more meaning than just the I paint a lovely picture and then hang it up in a gallery. It was that there was a reason for the art that I was creating. And it's taken me a while to get to the point where I understand that more clearer and I'm allowing myself to... Um, allow what needs to come out whether it's in a sculpture or a painting or a fabric piece or creating smaller pieces that will go to be bigger pieces I have to just allow the process to happen because when I try and like say well no I want it to look like this that's when you get the block it well I find anyway that I I become um inactive and when I allow the flow to happen so if today I feel like working with I know textiles then I will if I want to you know work with um, paint or pastels now as my new tool um, pastels or going out into the garden and gathering 
wood for a particular project, then that's what I'll do because the creativity that comes with it is all part of the end result. And it's all, it will all speak to that piece of art that's created that is for the viewer to look at it and think and really connect with it. And so I find when I allow my creativity to flow and I'm relaxed with it and I kind of just get on with it, the results are so much better than when I try and control things. And um, the other thing that I was speaking about last week was about the work that I, I did with dementia and at the daycare centre where I worked for three, four years and ran art workshops. And my background into the arts and health or my um, what led me into it was having to care for my mother. So I cared for my mother for about 15 years. Um, and over the course of that time, found that art was the thing that really impacted on her health and well-being and then took that into a dementia care centre and um, and ran the workshops there and it was just really inspiring not only to meet to meet people and to to meet the people who were the clients um, who attended the daycare centre but just really to talk to them and hear their stories and in moments of clarity you kind of got I mean, their long-term memory was, you know, was a thing that we tapped into in the art sessions. And it was, the conversations were really lovely and they were a lovely group of people. And unfortunately, practically all of them, all of them have passed now. Um, maybe a few, mum was one of them. So um, I'm hoping that there are a few that have managed to still have quality of life and still be alive today but what I thought I would do today was like looking at dementia because that is was specific to what I was looking at and there may be others who have listened in and thought you know I'm I've got to look after somebody who's got dementia or um I don't know anything about dementia, so I'd like to know more. So if you'd like to know more, what I'm going to be doing today is looking um, at how we recognize dementia and an overview of what they, what it is. And so dementia is a collection of symptoms that are caused by several different diseases that affect the brain, leading to problems with thinking, action and memory. Now, for us, with mum, it was just small things at the beginning. We didn't realise, it was just small things that were happening that we thought, that doesn't seem right. But I know for me, I was thinking, that doesn't seem right. Did that just? Did she just say that or did she just do that? Or, you know, mum was very good at masking what had happened. And so you'd question and she'd say, oh, no, you know, well, you forget from time to time. And it was just like, yeah, I do forget from time to time. So, OK, you know, and it was um, and I think for me, I also didn't want to believe something was wrong because it was just like, this is my mum. You know, I don't want her to to be ill. And I didn't even understand what dementia was at the time. So it was just like, I don't want anything to be wrong. So she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and Alzheimer's disease is the most common form of dementia. And 
it causes a progressive decline in the ability to remember, to learn, to think and to reason. Beginning typically with lapses in memory and some people notice mood swings and language difficulties with the person later becoming more confused. So as things went on, um, again, you know, mum was masking it. We were going to the doctors and it was just like, you know, the doctors would ask her questions and she would throw the questions back at them. And it was just like, oh my goodness, you know, how is this happening? Um, and it, it just went on, but things got you know slowly there was a slow decline so more and more people are being affected by dementia and dementia does not discriminate and that's what we think you know only these types of people get dementia all those types of people and people from all walks of life are affected doctors lawyers teachers postal workers administrators shop owners nurses you name it it touches everybody it also has a knock-on effect and impact on the entire community because I think um, a lot of people just think about the person who's living with dementia, but it's the family members, the person who has to care for, for them, the friends, co-workers, you know, when they have to leave their job or the people who um, relied on them for support um, and then employers and then the wider community as a whole. Because if you've got somebody who they, they performed a specific job and now they can no longer perform that job, but there's a knock-on effect to not only, as I said, you know, the people in their immediate surroundings, but then the services that are needed to provide support for the family, for the individual. So it can be difficult to accept that there are changes taking place and very often the initial signs are ignored until a time of crisis and that's definitely what happened to us. I think the crisis came where um, I, th I visited mum one weekend and the in the kitchen the ceiling was black and it was just like what happened and mum had had um, just by the stove over the stove there was a, a shelf and on the shelf was a calendar and a tea towel and the tea towel um, was hanging onto the stove which was an electric it was an electric uh, electric rings and it caught fire now she was able to put it out she you know got a, another wet tea towel and damped it out and it was just like oh my goodness you know you thought of that really quickly you were able to deal with that situation but we realized that there was something very I was gonna say very not right but not very not right at all and so we had to make steps to do something about it and what's been found is that early detection of the changes will help you put systems in place and provide that network of support for the person living with dementia and the, the people that are caring so it's it's definitely important to equip communities with the tools to identify some of the signs and symptoms so that we can better support families and enable those living with dementia to retain some control and self-esteem and continue to lead fulfilled lives for as long as possible. Because what I found is that when somebody starts showing signs and symptoms, 
they're kind of shunned, you know, and they end up on their own because, yeah, you know, they're confused. They they wonder why, you know, people are saying or doing things that, as far as they're concerned, is odd. And then when they voice those things, they're told, you know, oh, you know, you've forgotten or, you know, what's wrong with you? And um, the decline in memory can be quite a frustrating and frightening thing. And so as members of the community need to be made aware, the the types of um, feelings, I would say, and emotions that the person might go through. And think about a time when you felt, you know, you're not necessarily in the same situation, but you felt those emotions and then you're better able to understand the feeling of frustration when something's not happening the way you want or a service has not been provided that you're expecting how frustrated you feel and then you can think okay yeah so this person is is behaving in a way that indicates to me that they're frustrated about something and it must be you know it's obviously to do with something about their memory and then you listen to what they may be complaining about or you know arguing about and so when we're better equipped as a community to deal with it we can provide more support for that person and be more caring and empathetic to um the situation that may have arisen rather than uh meeting it with anger ourselves or frustration because this person is suddenly not doing what they would normally do and arguing with me and it's just like you know you really do have to put yourself in the other person's shoes you know suddenly these people are telling you to sit down go here go here no don't go over there when it's like well this is my house you know or (laughs) mum would say that the her house wasn't her house and you know I want to go back to to where I I live Um, and when you confront them with like if I was to confront mum and say look no you know which I did in the beginning was just like no mum this is your home don't you recognize it I and and it's just like you're being confrontational because you're making her aware that something's wrong you're blaming her like it, it sounds like you're blaming her because she can't remember and now you're telling her that this is her home where everything looks so unfamiliar and what I found later was to find things that she recognized within the home and say you know oh look here is your you know uh, picture frame with you know pictures of you know the family um and talk about those things rather than say you know no you've got to recognize that this is your home so you may be concerned that your loved one is showing signs and symptoms of dementia and so here are some of the key things to remember only 40 percent of people with dementia ever receive a medical diagnosis and you should get some support to seek a diagnosis if dementia is suspected. So speak to your family doctor as soon as possible. You have to get um, them them involved and helped and, and, and able to show you where you can get some support. Dementia can have symptoms in common with other illnesses, making this medical diagnosis even more important because if they, there, there are symptoms of dementia, memory loss brought on by alcoholism. So if you stop drinking the alcohol, your memory would return. There are other illnesses where there are deficiencies that will then cause 
you to have memory lapses, you know. So if you can get that medical diagnosis, you know, it might be something that isn't dementia and, and something that's treatable. Dementia is a progressive illness. Signs and symptoms will get worse over time. And the type of support you will need will alter over time. However, there are many things that can be done to help support people to live well with dementia. And there are many things that can help, especially in the initial stages of the disease. So it's, it's vitally important that you don't ignore the symptoms. If you see things are not quite right, you need to kind of act straight away and you need to see what support is available to you and things that you can put in. So even in the, um, when we look at the initial stages, things like um, in the early stages of dementia, the person may be able to live independently, still independently in their home. So what you could possibly do is where there's confusion over where things are, you know, if they make themselves a cup of tea in the morning or, you know, um, say a sandwich or whatever it is, you have things that are close to hand. So if the tea is normally in the cupboard, then you might say put it on the side with the sugar and um, you know they may know where the milk is or you know be fine with that but it's just the there's so many cupboards that all look the same or label the cupboards or label the fridge you know um, they may still be able to cook themselves a meal so maybe you know support them more with that and just be mindful that things may change over the period of a year or it may be months or it might seem like well, a week ago you were able to do this, and that's another complaint um, I often hear. You know, yesterday they were able to do this, and today they're saying they don't know where this thing is. And it's just like, we have to be more, um, forgiving is not the right word, but we, we have to be more understanding that yes, yesterday they may have remembered because there was a different sequences sequence of events that happened that they were then able to remember that yes this is kept in that cupboard but today's a different day and every day is different and so you can't say well just because you remembered yesterday you're going to remember today so understanding the signs and symptoms of dementia each person will experience dementia in their own way and not everyone will experience all of these symptoms so early and the early signs and symptoms are loss or lapses of recent memory. So, as I said, you know, you might remember something today, but you might not necessarily remember it tomorrow. Mood changes or uncharacteristic behavior. And in later stages, this may become more pronounced, dependent on the person. Poor concentration. And I would have said that that's again more the fighting to remember something or to understand what somebody has said um, I think we has we as their families and, and friends and carers can sometimes be impatient so you ask somebody a question who's living with dementia and you're expecting well I've asked you this question 
give or take 10 seconds, you're gonna come back with a reply. But for the person with dementia, they might still be trying to process what you've asked them, especially when you're asking questions, which, you know, gives them the options of it being this way or that way, you know. Um, uh, okay, so let me think of something really simple. Um, do you want, okay, so do you want to take off your cardigan? Now, do you want to take off your cardigan? Why are they asking me if I want to take off my cardigan? Do I want to take off my cardigan? If I was hot, I would take off my cardigan, but if I was cold, I would leave on my cardigan. I don't recognize this cardigan. Is this my cardigan? Where did this cardigan come from? Oh look, it's got the buttons. So it could be like a whole series of, of, of conversations going around in their head as they pro try and process the question that you've asked them. Do you want to take off your cardigan? As simple as it might seem to us. Now, and I've come up with these, you know, I've as I've the more time I spent with the people at the daycare centre and, you know, spending with mum and when getting to understand and directly relate to individuals living with dementia, you began to see, okay, yeah, you are still processing what I've said to you. So poor concentration, I would have said it, it, it it's, it's also mixed with trying to figure out the answer to the question and then wondering okay so what was the question again i'm thinking about my cardigan and then something else might you know they might feel a way about something else that they then start talking about and so they have not necessarily addressed the question that you asked them but you know again that is definitely something you need to give them time and you can't be you know um asking them question after question you know you know did you hear me you you know there there is we have to be very caring and very loving in our approach and sometimes it can be frustrating to us but we have to remember the impact of the illness on them and the kind of person that they used to be uh, or are and um, how hard it must be trying to retain your memory and um, act as if you are normal, you know, because, and as my mum has said to me time and time again, you know, you sometimes forget as well. And it's just like, yeah, so... For those who are listening, you know, just remember that, you know, you may have been in this situation where you can't remember something or you mislay something around the home or, you know, something's on the tip of your tongue. You know, we've all said that. Oh, gosh. Yeah. What's that name? Yeah, it's on the tip of my tongue. Oh, yeah. It's really bugging me because I can't remember what it was. And imagine if that was constant, you know, so other, other signs and symptoms, problems communicating, obviously. So if you're trying to remember things, um, to hold conversations, um, trying to kind of match up the question with what the answer could be is something that, that can be difficult. Getting lost in familiar, pla in, in familiar places. There was a time where I went to visit my mum. So again, this was in the 
early stages, I would say. So she was still living on her own and still functioning. And um, I went to the house, knocked on the door, and I, I knew she was there because I'd spoken to her earlier during the day. And I thought to myself, let me walk to where her bedroom is and look in the room. And um, because she had a balcony, um, it was a apartments. And so I looked through the window and I could see mum trying to work out where the bedroom door was. She was right beside it, but the wardrobe door was there as well. And she kept walking past the bedroom door you know she was feeling it and it was like she was feeling for something and then she would open up the wardrobe and she'd look in it and it was just like no that isn't it and then she'd come round and then so I tapped her and I said mum mum you know and I was able to tell her where the door was she came out and then she came out of the bedroom and then opened the door and that was just like it just hit me you know no you you can't be on your own in the home and we have to put things into in, in place. So making mistakes in a previously learned skill. So mum was master chef, master cook, master baker, making bread, everything, everything that you could think of mum could make. And then she began to kind of mix everything up in a pot. Like you'd You'd go on a Sunday and everything would be mixed up and there'd be loads of oil in it. And it was just like, again, okay, these are signs that you've got to, you know, um, and, and again, you know, she would walk to work. She would, you know, she would go out to work. She would go up to the um, store. She went shopping one day and left her shopping bag in the chemist. And it was the Friday. And the Monday I went in and the guy said, oh, your mum left uh, a bag. So I looked in the bag and I thought, you couldn't even put the milk that was in here in your fridge. You know, no, granted, you didn't know when she was coming back, but you could see that there was milk in here. Milk gone off. Anyway, <laughs> that was just <laughs> problem. Um, so other things, other signs, problems telling the time or using money changes in sleep patterns and appetite, personality changes, physiospatial perception issues. So the, um, i.e. the brain's not processing images as normal. So mum would, um, visual disturbances and she would see what she called was finance. It was just like, she was ants everywhere as far as she was concerned. And she'd say, look, can't you see them? And, um, and th that again was just like it, it there were moments of you know for me being distressed of of the fact that i really wanted to comfort her to to because i couldn't see so what we would do is just like okay you know i'm gonna wipe down the table or let me sweep the floor then so i wasn't i wouldn't say no mum, there's nothing there i think at the beginning i did but over time it was just like okay let me sweep up and you know, if there's any ants here, then that will get rid of them. So you're um, understanding that as far as she's concerned, she can see something and you're dealing with it. You're saying, okay, let me sweep up, you know, in a calm voice, let me sweep up and uh, maybe you can help me, you know, get, get, I got her involved. And it was like, we're both working at this task and 
or you you again you know take her mind off it by you know um talking about something else so deal with it so yeah let me sweep up oh i'm just okay let me get the cloth i'll just wipe the table and then let's go and have a cup of tea and sit and you know have a chat or you know whatever so seeking a diagnosis so whilst you may be very concerned during this process you should seek as much support needed so the first stage is to seek an appointment with a with your gp if you can get one that specializes in dementia then that's even better the gp will rule out any other conditions and take you know blood tests or whatever it is um uh, and other conditions that may have similar symptoms but may be treatable such as depression or a chest or urinary urinary infection so in the elderly um, if they get a urine infection some of the symptoms again can mimic signs of dementia or as I said before a vitamin or thyroid deficiency so after ruling out any of these potential causes the um the doctor will either conduct further tests or or a referral will be made to a dementia specialist so in the uk um you get sent to or you used to be sent to a memory clinic and there are uh, places like the um oh my gosh the it's age uk and there are other like carers associations. So you were dependent on what borough you go to and social services as well are the ones that then will help you in terms of um, providing additional support. So if you own your own home, you are gonna have to, you're, it's, you're assessed regardless and then you're assessed to see how much money you can afford to put towards your care. So whatever pension you get, if they feel you earn over a certain amount, then you will have to pay for certain services. Um, If you live in a council flat, then there are services that will you will be supported by and it used to be called um um, it's not attendance allowance but there used to be a fund where you could put towards the services you need for your care so if you wanted to attend um, a daycare center or you needed a carer to come in who would do a specific task so they consider their carers to you know they, they might come in and get you up in the morning washed and and breakfast and that would be that task and there would be somebody who might come and fix you a meal or it could be you know and depending on how severe the symptoms are you know or it might be that you get a delivery from meals on wheels um and then the night time care might be that a particular time before eight o'clock they will come and give you your evening meal and um, get you dressed and ready for bed but the way that they I've always found issues with the way that they allocate you know well you're you can only have 15 hours a week and it's just like so there's no there's no um, there's nothing in terms of for the development of the person that's coming in to help you so they literally come in and they have 
half an hour to do that particular task. There's no, you know, room for having a chat with the person because communication and um, seeing somebody, for some people who are really isolated and live on their own, that might be the only person they get to see. And um, the other thing is that they have like, you know, it's, you might have three different carers come in in a day. And over a week, you're seeing all these different people, which adds to the confusion. There's no kind of like routine or, you know, um, again, how, how can we best support you? Um, it's not just, you know, you're going to be ready to eat at six and by eight or by six thirty, seven o'clock, you're, by the person has to leave, you're going to be ready to get into bed. And um, so... As I said, you know, it's not seen as a career path that can grow. So the staff aren't supported. It's all privatised and agencies. And I think the, the staff get a raw deal. And also the people that they are caring for get a raw deal. And, um, you know, definitely things have to change because there's, as I said, more and more people are affected. And there are more and more people who are living on their own. A lot of the elderly, more and more of them are, you know, have families who have either emigrated or, you know, they don't live with them or whatever the reason may be. So if you're in Barbados now, you would again go to your doctor. They have a psychiatric hospital and a geriatric hospital and you would go and see either one, dependent on whether your signs and symptoms are deemed to be aggressive or not manageable by the family, then you may be given uh, a range of different psychotic drugs, antipsychotic drugs to um, alleviate some of the symptoms that you may be facing. But unfortunately, the support is all privatized so you have to pay if you want somebody to come in and help you you have to pay for that if you want um the the services for the elderly are that you know well you go to the geriatric hospital but the geriatric hospital you know they're stretched to the seams and as i said you know more and more people are becoming affected by dementia so what the stories that we've heard from people are that you know there are families just leaving their elderly just dropping them off there and just going off and and nobody you know is there to account for them or anything because again the services are not it's not it's not it's there's there's not enough services in place to help support families there is the Alzheimer's Association in Barbados here and I'll go into further details a bit a bit later on um, in a while <laughs> um, about the um, services available from them and how you can contact them. You're listening to Reality Arts, helping you to increase your creativity and unlock your hidden talents. So, as I said, it's definitely essential that you get a diagnosis so you know what then to put in place. Um, 
Unfortunately, there are no drugs that can cure dementia. However, there are some drugs available that can slow the progression of the disease, especially in the early to mid stages of dementia. And the, your GP will advise on the use of drugs and prescribe them if required. Now, the other thing I've got to mention is good, healthy eating, because one of the things that people living with dementia will at some point do is forget to eat. And, you know, especially if they live on their own, you know, that is a definite problem. So the, the nutrition, if, if you can up the nutrition and make sure it's healthy and I'll say organic, because we know that pesticides have no place at our dinner table. So if you can get organic food, freshly grown, um, I know that in terms of the prices in the UK for organic food. But again, if you can, you know, whatever you can try and grow yourself, if you've got a little window box or you've got a garden or, you know, you can grow some seasonal vegetables or, you know, get those mini greenhouses. You've got, um, what is it, Price, uh, what's the place called? Um, I can't remember, but it's not, it's the one up from the Poundland, but um, Price shopper or um they do those little, little or home base anyway you can get those mini greenhouses that you can grow things that dependent on you know the weather obviously if you don't you don't have the tropical weather then you know it's difficult to grow some things but if you've got a mini greenhouse you can you know regulate the temperature a lot more so non-medical treatments there are a number of recognized non-medical treatments that can help those living with dementia and these include continued social interaction with family and friends so one of the, the the key things that happen first is usually the there's usually one person in the family that takes on the role the other members of the family you know there'll always be one who oh i can't deal with it there will be another one who oh i'm too busy there are uh, another one who might be you know no, I can't stand to see mum or dad like this. And so it would usually fall on one person to do the bulk of the work. So where possible that you can bring in the family and get them organised. And, you know, everybody doesn't have to do everything. There are strengths and weaknesses that you recognise, but everybody has the support. And if you can encourage friends as well that they used to see, and it might be that... Um, you might have to provide small things, you know, say, well, okay, just come and spend half an hour and, you know, think about the things that you used to talk to with mum and just focus on those things, you know, or tell mum what you've been doing. You know, she may not answer you in the way that she would normally, but just that social interaction means so much. Reminiscence therapy, such as life story activity one of the you know the long-term memory is the thing that goes at the last and so if we can continue to allow them to tell their stories and think about and a, a good thing is to be able to record those stories because for a lot of people you know they hear the stories but it's the stories that mum used to tell nobody wrote them down nobody wrote them down so 
this is your opportunity to make sure that you write them down so that they can be captured and then the grandchildren can hear and the children's children and for generations that their story won't be forgotten. The who they were and who they are won't be forgotten. So reminiscence therapy is really good for that. Treating pain that may be causing agitation. So it may be you know, an underlying pain that is brought on like a headache or I don't know, whatever pain in their body or a backache that because you're dealing with the dementia, you ignore that which can easily be treated. Aromatherapy, massage, um, touch therapy, again, for a lot of people who are living with dementia and who are isolated the one person they may see if they still get in mail they might see the postman if that you know (laughs) um or i was gonna say the milkman but people don't really get their milk delivered now but they may see very few people over the course of a day and some over the course of the week they may just be looking out their window and see somebody passing but there's no interaction so um that touch therapy and massage therapy and it may be that you just massage their hands and their feet um, because a full body massage may not be comfortable for them animal therapy has been known to be very therapeutic music and dance therapy and I've, I've said changing diet exercise and physical activity and the one thing I've saved that for last art and therapeutic art and um I'm not going to say art therapy because that's very specific and for um, when working with dementia the use of art in a therapeutic environment or um, play playing or things like you could horticultural therapy um, you know creating life life life-size models that you know they can you know dress so you're not dealing with toys Um, like little toys, children's toys, you're making them appropriate for the adult that may be using it. So it's having resources that that are adult appropriate. And so one of the things that I've been doing is looking at some of the um, exercises that you can do with somebody living with dementia. So like with mum she would love to draw so I always had art materials around and always had reference photographs because she'd say oh what what do you want me to draw and I'd hand her a picture and she'd say oh okay (laughs) and she wouldn't flinch and some of them were just like you know really heavy portraits and you just think she's gonna tackle it she feels fine and I'd talk talk to her about exhibitions and um, at the daycare centre we did have exhibitions of the work, the artwork that that each of them did. So prevention, they say, is better than cure. So why not start introducing some of these non-medical suggestions into your routine? You will find that there'll be an impact on your own health and well-being, and this will be very positive for you if you're being, you know, helped as well if you can take part in the activities you know cooking you know sharing you know making a meal or making a cake you know just if if they used to make cakes it might be that you know they they do part of the the recipe you know if if they're not able to you know um 
they might just talk about, well, these are the ingredients you need, or, okay, I'm going to mix the eggs. So some of the things you may have to do for them, but there are things that, you know, when you come together and collaborate, that you can do with them. And, you know, it makes for a nice activity. So for further information and queries about dementia in Barbados, you can contact the Alzheimer's Association on one two four six four two nine eight zero double seven. Now they run a series of participation programs. I know that they were on Mondays and where they they just talk about again the signs, symptoms and things that you can do, the things that are available for people in Barbados. Um, they have a doctor that will talk about you know the things that they would look out for and he's a specialist in dementia uh, Dr Ambrose and they have other people coming in nurses you know hospital workers who will give advice and again talk about the work that they're doing at the Alzheimer's Association they're based in Strathclyde so definitely give them a call they're on Facebook the Barbados Alzheimer's Association so see what they're doing go and support the work sign up for membership because your membership does help the work that they're doing and they do talks around Barbados they have a yearly seminar um it's usually in September and um that's something that gets um, that gets full really quickly. That gets full really quickly. Um, I think there's about 160 in terms of the, the seating, but it definitely gets full really quickly. That's a yearly event. And then they're part of Alzheimer's International. Um, so you can go and check out Alzheimer's International and see what the work um, internationally is being done. And again you know resources and information that you might be able to pick up uh, i have written a few leaflets and pamphlets that you can also access that will tell you even things like if you're um if you're arranging like a family event some of the things that you may want to consider you know to help involve and include the person who is living with dementia um, and I used to find that um, sometimes these events especially when there's a lot of talking and 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 everybody's coming in and where it used to be fine before the loud noise which is if you can imagine if somebody's living with dementia and they're trying to understand the words that are being said but everybody's talking and it just seems like noise so they may become agitated or you know withdrawn and so you have to be mindful of that as well so i hope that has helped um i, I on cue there <laughs> seen something go check go on so um so I hope that has helped you. If if you are dealing with dementia, that you have a loved one who's dealing with dementia and you would like some help and support, again, the Alzheimer's Association is available. Your local carers, 
group, depending on where you live, is also available to offer support and advice and definitely utilise them. And um, in the UK, the social services, because they, they see it as a, they don't see it as a health problem. So it's seen as a, you know, like the social services, you'll be assigned a social worker who will come and um, assess what your needs are within the home, not your needs are like, you know, your health wise. If you've got other things like, um, say, I don't know, high blood pressure and say high blood pressure and diabetes. So they're health issues. Um, but dementia is not seen under that. It's the social aspect. Anyway, um, yeah, there's loads of, I, I run a, if you're an artist, I run an arts in health network. Um, if you want to get more involved in the arts and health, you can definitely sign up. It's a free network and I provide information on workshops, seminars, conferences that are happening around the world as well as in the UK. So it's an NHS um, network, London network, but I provide international information as well because you never know where, you know, you can maybe add your help and support to an organisation in, in a different country that could be crying out for your expertise or, you know, some of the, the 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 focus the focus that you may be looking at um it may may suit that organization there's always opportunities to volunteer so here in in barbados the the care homes um are crying out for people to come in and do activities and work with the residents of the care home and um you know, even private individuals would, you know, the idea that you can do, you know, maybe even set up a series of workshops that that can be done. So again, you know, as artists, definitely get in contact. If you're a carer, I've provided and providing a series of activities and information on some of the art activities that you can do that would help not only the person who is living with dementia, but also it will help you. So things like journaling, art journaling, you know, art, little art projects that you can focus on, horticultural therapy, things that you can do out in the garden, a range of different activities that will take you in different environments and you know provide um provide provide you with that support that you need i also do a creative uh coaching creative encouraging so if there are anything if there is anything that you would like to talk about i'm doing two free sessions to begin with so I will leave the links in the show notes that you can sign up and we can look at some of the things it might be that you just want to chat and um, you know talk about the things that you're going through or you know that you're looking at uh, um, 
with a leaning towards the, you know, looking at art activities and what you could potentially use. Or you might want to start your own art practice and, you know, do something for yourself. It might be that you want to, you know, look at, you know, some of the courses that you may have taken that you've not been able to finish. Maybe you just need some support on that. Or maybe you just need support just to kind of talk about your day. So I provide two free sessions that you can utilize and you know obviously if you want further then there's a a fee for that but um it's all linked to doing a creative activity so if you want to just talk about the you know if you just want to talk so talk therapy I guess or if you want to be able to talk within a group or talk Um, It would be on a like a um, Google Hangouts or, you know, a group of people um, who are in the same situation as yourself. And we work on an art project that is specifically looking at how you impact your own health and well-being. So there's various tiers and it's linked to my Patreon and I will leave all the details in the description. So I'm so glad that you joined me and I really do hope that the information I shared was useful to you. I hope that you will be able to, you know, if you can't use it yourself, then share it with somebody else who may, you know, be going through the same situation. As I say, there's so many people now that are affected that it's not just the person with dementia, they're who are affected the most but it's the family, it's the friends, and it's us, the community as a whole. And so we have to step up as a community, knowing that, you know, people need help and support, and we have to step up. And if, if, if we're understanding, if we're, you know, um, if we're armed with the knowledge that we need, we can be more supportive and more encouraging. So as always, if you want to take out your journal, take out your journal and, you know, do some sort of, it could be an, some sort of image that this has brought up for you, or it could be colors that you use, or you might want to write something that has sparked, um, something for you so I look forward to seeing you on Friday on Friday oh yes on Friday it's going to be my hundredth official officially hundreds hundredth episode and I'm going to be doing a giveaway so I want you to tune in on Friday and I will be letting you know what the giveaway is and I guess I'll be leaving it open until the following Friday and I'll announce the winner of the giveaway. So um, I'm quite excited about that. So yeah, take care for now and I will see you on Friday for the inspirational shorts. Take care. You're listening to Reality Arts, helping you to increase your creativity and unlock your hidden talents. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. You can check me out on my blog or YouTube channel for more creative insights, videos and reviews. Stay blessed and be a blessing.